Hey guys, it's Brad. Welcome to Remote Software Genius. All right, we're live. Hi, Vita. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm good, fine. Uh, and how are you? Good, good. Uh, what, what time is it for you right now? It's 4 p.m. Ah, uh, perfect. Great, great way to yeah. kind of end the day, even though I know you work crazy, crazy late hours. Um, Anyway, uh, so guys, Vita, why don't you tell us what what do you do? You work, you and I work at the same. We work both work at Enoxoft, but tell tell us what you do. Yeah, I'm an engagement manager. Uh, mostly, I'm working like on pre-sale process when clients came to Enoxoft and they have some idea of the project or they have some need. Yeah, in uh, software development. Uh, and uh, I like the main contact point between client and our company, our tech guys. I'm preparing like the estimations, uh, working with clients requirement, and like as a main outcome, I'm preparing the proposal document contract, yeah, yeah. and moving projects to the delivery. So you work with both clients and, and our developers. Do you find yourself, are you, do you end up, you're kind of an advocate for the client and an advocate for the developers at the same time. Who, yeah. do you, who do you advocate more for ultimately? Do you think you're like more like explaining the client's needs to our developers or explain the developer's uh, implementation plans to the client? Like what, <laughs> what do you spend more time doing, you think? This is very tricky uh, because like I need to be good in both directions, yes. <laughs> to be a very good advocate for a client uh, and to be a very good advocate for yeah. developers. Uh, when I, yeah, when I'm speaking with client, I should understand like all the details of his project. I should understand his expectations. And when I'm communicating that to our technical team, I should communicate in in proper way. I should like warn them, for example, look guys, we are not building a rocket. Don't estimate like including unit testing and whatever you, you would like. It's just an MVP version yeah. or vice versa. For example, if clients want to build a rocket, I, I tell them like we're building a rocket <laughs> and we should do it very good and to spend a lot of time for uh, quality assurance and so on and we should include a lot of different factors so uh, yeah. devil is in detail you know <laughs> and uh, my, my responsibility to put over all this detail and to communicate the, uh, them uh, into sites yeah for sure and, and let me just say for, for everybody listening that Vita is awesome at her job I, I know I, I sometimes maybe make your job a little bit difficult because uh, sometimes right, you're, you're in the middle of a negotiation or kind of like communicating between client and, and our, our, our core development team. And I swoop in and I'm like, hey, maybe we could do this or maybe like this. Maybe we could, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm sorry if I make your life difficult, but I, I think we're, we're a good team and I appreciate it. So let, let's get into the nitty, nitty gritty. So first, like, how how'd you get started in this? I feel like this is a what you do is super important, but I, it's, it's also engagement manager isn't like something that like, I don't know, a college student would know about. So how did you get started in this? Tell us a little story. Um, yeah, in the IT sphere, I started to work after maternity leave four years ago. And I was working in the big Ukrainian IT company as a training and development specialist. Uh, I was responsible there for arrangement of mentorship programs inside the company. 
and there I had a chance like to understood like different uh, how IT works yes what are the main roles uh, what are the main need in uh, in development of skills hard skills soft skills for all stakeholders uh, who are working uh, uh, and dedicated to software development process. Yeah, I, I was working with software engineers, quality assurance engineer, engineers, business analysts, project managers, and so on. Yeah, and uh, after that, I started as an engagement manager at Inexoft. Here, I understood how IT works from the business side. Yeah, uh, yeah. and this is really great opportunity when you can feel like the full cycle of software development starting from clients idea yeah and when you see like released project uh, and you can try it by yourself like an end users this is like you know i always uh, some projects are like my kids, you know. Yeah. I always follow them during the delivery process, asking uh, project managers about like, please share with me progress. Are there everything uh, okay and so yeah. on? And it's very cool feeling. You do good. You can you can tell that too. Um, so, on that kind of customer angle, what are your favorite types of customers or projects to work with? Like what what projects end up becoming your kids? Like what products have you fallen in love with or what, however you want to say it? This is a hard question, you know, because I never know what kind of client will write to me tomorrow. What kind of project is he or she will bring me, yeah? Mm -hmm. What it will be the domain, the technology, what specific expertise might be needed during the engagement of this project. And uh, there are the customers who know the goal uh, they want to achieve and uh, and this is my favorite customers yeah yes. these who know the goal what they want to achieve these who build realistic expectations and uh, these who care about quality of future software and ready to invest it in the very beginning and yes. you know it's like a bingo when you have like interesting project and cool client in communication in uh, interaction with your company, uh, with your ideas, with his ideas. So this is like perfect match. Yeah, that's a, that was a good answer. I, I feel like the nice thing about that is that customer who kind of wants to invest in in quality software and not like putting on a bunch of technical debt from day one. They care about the process um, and they kind of um, want to want to invest in the. In, all the detailed planning that you do so the, you the way you set it up kind of sets the tone for the rest of the project so the nice thing is that customer could be a technical customer but also could be a non-technical customer who kind of understands hey i'm building this this huge you know piece of engineering and i want to make sure it's, it's right um, so I, I love it uh what about customers i feel like it always happens maybe you can tell me a story where it doesn't i, don't, I wouldn't believe you but what about kind of changing requirements, maybe midstream? I know it's sometimes it's tough. Like miscommunications happen. We talked about this with Maxim about like why we do iterative delivery like every two weeks to make sure that somebody, you know, when they're expecting, you know, a duck, they don't get a swan or whatever. You know, um, yeah. how do you handle that um, on your end? 
actually requirements requirements changes is like a common thing in our work yeah and even during the pre-sale process we can always observe like some changes in requirements adjustments and so on this might be connected with different reasons yes for example i don't know market need existing like some limitations by customer uh, when, for example, customer asks us, estimate please all this scope, but I will think what I want to choose, yes? And this kind of requirements changes. Or for example, new idea, customer ha has new idea or competitor implemented new feature, yeah? And we always like uh, hear yeah. what, what, what new and regarding how to handle that, Mm, it's all about expectations management, you know, like when the customer knows exactly what you already estimated and how different requirements changes might affect the scope and budget uh, accordingly, yes. So it's not an issue to handle that. When, when your customer aware about how this affects and the big thing is to communicate with him it in advance. So he should be aware that it might cause like you know changes in everything and in expectations sure um i have a question i'm going to answer, ask it before i was going to before but you give pretty detailed estimations when you do do kind of like a proper discovery phase and say okay we've mapped everything out this is these are our estimations and they're, and they're huge um but i think that process is right we should talk about that in a minute but do you ever worry that customers like don't read that very closely. Like some customers may be, oh, okay, you estimated it, it's good. The, the final number is fine. Uh, do you, have you ran into that? I haven't, I haven't seen, you know, the, a miscommunication kind of on that level where we put it, put it kind of in writing and they haven't even looked, but have you seen that? Um, yeah, it, this is also about communication expectations. Yes, yeah. because like, uh, he, he thinks that he communicated with you a lot. He he spoke a lot about his project, and now I, I should just bring him some numbers. Yes, and during estimation process, we still have some questions, and we might make some assumptions. Yes, and to avoid this miscommunication, I understand that for clients it's very boring to read all these long uh, documents with a list of requirements. We are always highlight like out of scope section, <laughs> like right. say hey, like in this quote, in this number, these parts are not included because like maybe they're pretty complex to implement and this is not needed for MVP. Or in case you really want it, we can estimate it for you additionally, but at the moment we didn't include because it, it was like our assumption. So this is the main section where our customers should take a look, yeah, and to understand like what we, what what is out of scope and to understand okay the rest is in scope that is good yeah so tell me more about the the discovery phase and the estimation process so you start uh, a customer comes out with a request like how how do you estimate kind of the right way i know um we've seen a lot of times customers will come and they'll try and get estimates kind of like finger in the air back a napkin estimates like all oh, it takes it'll take six months from a team that might not have experience in this exact thing and they're just kind of here's my rate time multiply it by six months I've and there's no real guarantee there's no details tell me how uh, those have that has obvious dangers but tell me how you estimate and how 
kind of contrast it to that um, mm -hmm. finger uh, method. It, 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 this is very like a complex process and uh, as delivery is iterative, the same about estimation. This sure. is also iterative, yeah? Because first of all, cli clients bring us some idea. Uh, client may have some requirements described or in his mind, or he may have like some similar solution which is already developed and uh, and some minor changes like for that. Yeah, and we are starting from this. Uh, usually, uh, in case client doesn't have like any tech documentation requirements specification, we are trying. To do it on high level on our side we create an implementation vision document when we are polishing together with client or functionality we might have like one two hours call when client des describe all us all functionality from user perspective yeah and we are trying to put it all together maybe to bring our ideas and uh, while we are preparing this document, we have a lot of additional questions and we have a Q&A close, yes, in this document. Mm -hmm. And we share this document with client and say, look, let us iterate and discuss whether this is what you need or not. Because mm -hmm. uh, in case clients say, like, just do the similar like this one, yeah, he doesn't understand that there are a lot of different things like uh, in this third party software, yeah, and I'm not sure that clients usually need all these things, yes? So that is why we are clarifying, we are polishing that, and when that is ready, uh, and we are aligned with client, yeah, we are on the same page, yes, this is exactly the scope that, that, that you need to, that you want to implement, yeah? So I'm arranging everything on our site internally, we have like uh, tech guys, like team, uh, there are usually like senior software engineers and also we have like business analysts who can help us on some pre-sales and um, we are estimating according to WBS approach like work breakdown structure. We are trying to split all these features, items like for small topics and our estimators like making an optimistic, pessimistic, most likely estimate. And when we have these numbers, we always uh, also include like um, time, like small percent that will need it for bug fixing, for code review, because it's like common software development process, you know, you, you can't avoid this in estimation because mm -hmm. developers will need this time. And of course, uh, as we are usually working uh, following agile approach, yes. So we have daily meetings, we have planning meetings, a lot of communication with clients, we have retrospective, we have demo and so on. So we need to include this time uh, to the estimation as well. We call it focus factor. And uh, then we have like a total number, yeah. Mm -hmm. For example, total amount of hours like for front end, back end or mobile back end, yeah. And we are then sitting and preparing a team composition who will be the best fit for this project and based on early rates, we are making a budget. It's look like it looks like very straight straightforward yeah process but it's like very time consuming and a lot of iterations and communications external internal so it's it's a challenge no for sure and i think that's we've talked about this you and i over and over again but i think that's the right way to do it and that's the only way to do it right if you want to if you want a fixed price estimation and you want these are the exact features you want you have to go feature by feature 
right? Yeah. And estimate each feature and sum it up and you have to put it. And if you do need us to kind of commit to that fixed price, we need to kind of put in that whatever focus factor, worst case scenario kind of buffer in there because if mm -hmm. all of a sudden the feature takes us four times longer than we thought, which rarely happens, but it does happen. We, we have to kind of eat the cost. So um, I, I think that that's good. Uh, and I think it's just, the, it's the only way to do it. So good job. Um, what about like, I feel like some of our, you and I particular, when we talk to customers, some of our job is education. And that's why we're here doing this podcast thing. So what, what are the things you wish customers knew um, before they talk to you? <laughs> uh, I may say two things, yeah? Yeah, go, go for it. The first one, <laughs> applications like Facebook or Zoom have been developing for more than five, 10 years, and we cannot build something similar during six months. Sure. <laughs> because sometimes we have like clients who, who expect that from yeah. developers and we are setting realistic ex expectations here. And the second one, this is the thing what I already mentioned. Yes, I'd like them to know exactly what they want to achieve. Of course, we can always find a question when client doesn't have an answer. It's like common thing. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't mean that client doesn't know what he wants. It means that we can ask right questions. Uh, but in general, like when client know what he want to achieve, what should be like set of features, who are their competitors, what will be the competitive advantage of their solution. So this is like the best to know before like start yeah, I think those are both kind of the same answer, though. I think it's realizing the difference between a kind of toy version of Twitter that, yeah, you could make in an afternoon. It's like, okay, I post something and it adds it to a list. But there's so many more features that Twitter has that, like, actually, in that professionalizing or productionizing those features is what takes up most of the time. Um, and I think people that understand the complexity of uh, kind of world-class professional software um, understand that, but there are also other people who see these magic toy projects and say, oh, look, I can turn on my video camera, therefore I can make Zoom. Is like that, that, yeah. that out trade is, is important. And I think I, I agree with you. I think um, we'll, we'll get there though. And I think we can, some of that is teachable, right? You can go through and look at all the features um, and, and go one by one. Do you, do you need this? Do you need that? There's all sorts of, and it's like, sorry, this is 80-20 rule that is mentioned a couple of times in this podcast, right? You can get maybe 80% of the way there and 20% of the time, but it's those last features, those last features that actually put all the polish on it that take up most of your time. Um, so uh, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and harp on that more. Um, Okay, so th there's customers. What about developers? Because I, I, I try and, I don't know, talk to developers and teach people this kind of like soft skill stuff or whatever, but what, what do you wish you could teach developers? I know we, have, we do some Academy X kind of talks internally and like we, we try and teach soft skills to our developers as well as the, the tech skills, but like what, if you had to do a talk next week to all our developers uh, what would you what would you tell them what would you teach them uh, 
you made a very cool note and this is connected with that it's about education you know uh, often like clients are not technical person and very often like we have to educated from what we know where we are experts in yeah and i'm always like saying to to developers like uh, educate clients about complexity of different features if we explain them on a high level dependencies before between different entities in the system if we explain clients have a missed detail in the beginning uh, may negatively affect on the project in future in case you didn't include it uh, into the architecture yes mm -hmm. in case we explain and educate clients about all these things so we can be sure that we're building like the reliable partnership with client and the, the project will be successful it's all about communication you know yeah. internal external to speak about everything to communicate but in proper way <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. No, no, for sure. And I think the the way I, I think I would like to see us do more of that is actually give kind of like software examples, right? Here's a here's a cheap and easy piece of software that does this thing kind of okay. Here's the professional version, and that's like let's just go through and and pick out the, the different features, and, the, uh -huh. and and I'll explain to you the difference and why this one costs a billion dollars and this one costs a thousand or whatever it is. So uh, yeah. I like it. I we'll, we'll work on it. I think we actually. We do a decent job right here we are educating right here so so good job um anyway Vita, again i i appreciate you i i think i'm i'm happy that we got you out here and i think hopefully you know people who listen to this will, will want to talk to you about their projects and will understand kind of the the method right you're doing things the right way um we're we're really good communicators and really good at getting in the weeds with this stuff. And I feel like not everybody, not everybody cares enough to, to get into the weeds the way we do. And a lot of people are willing to put out kind of um, just kind of half-assed estimations. Like, okay, here, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it in a couple months or, or, or whatever it is. But um, I think that the, this, this work has paid off already, of like building the right team, specking out the right project. Uh, and, um, thank you. Do, do you have any parting words for your fans or, or do you want to get back to work? Yeah, I'll get back to work and thank you, Brad, for asking me to take part in that. Yeah, it's I'm excited about that and I'm happy to share like my experience, knowledge and in case anybody has like some <laughs> want to speak about requirements, <laughs> I can yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll link you. You can talk to Vita pretty directly on our, our front page. You've got your, your face pasted all over there and your, your, your contact info is available. So um, come talk to us and uh, Vita after, you know, we get a million likes on this, we'll, uh, we'll have you back on to talk, talk some more. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks. Have a good day. That's it for today. We'll see you guys next week. Feel free to send us a voice message, an email, or a LinkedIn message. You can see all the links in the show notes. Have a great week.